Welcome back, there's layers to this family. This is a podcast where we peel back the layers to the simplicity and complexity of life. In this week, we discuss order. We are looking at whether our lives should be such that we cultivate order. We look at what we'll be remembered for. What is our legacy when we really can't control everything? Or should we be trying to control everything? Anyway, listen up and listen in and let us know what you think. Where is life's sweet spot? Is it in order or is it in chaos? Hello, people. We back. (laughs) We are back. (laughs) Uh, I said I was going to talk about order. We're going to get straight into it. I am Doomy. And Faith Rose. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I preempted that. I got I got a bit excited. Sorry. I'm sorry. I got, I'll take I got, it back, but it's all right. I, it's done. I got too excited, man. I'm too excited. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to get into it because, like, I mean, now we're talking about order. Now, like, we talked about in, in, in the previous episode that there is um, a lot. How can I put it? There leaves a lot to be desired in, in trying to, you know, cram everything you want to know or everything that you want to have in a finite space of time. And you talked about how time is a finite entity and we only get so much of it. And uh, so now we we also defined order as, you know, the system by which we put things um, to perfection, basically. Like, so we use that system to try and perfect, um, you know, the way we live our lives, the way we do things. I think it... It goes without saying to say that, like, it's very, very important to um, have an ordered life and and to also embrace chaos so that your life has a little bit of interest in it. But I think living an ordered existence is extremely important. However, right, how important is it? How important is it? Like, like, so, so, what's so big? What's what's so great about living such an ordered life? Then now I feel like I'm playing devil's advocate. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> um, because it, it it is important. It is important to have order, to cultivate order, to cultivate focus. Because the only person who is ever successful is someone who has got a plan, you know, um, you know, and, and what are we here to do? Like everyone always, always wants to be remembered for something. I mean, sometimes you're, you're not remembered for the best of things. Like it might be like the guy who always wear, wore a red suit everywhere he went. I mean, I mean, if that's how you want to be remembered, that's fine. Like, you know what, it's Valentine's day every day, but you know, <laughs> I'd imagine his name to be Dr. Love. Okay, let's come back. Let's come back to it. Right. So <laughs> you can be remembered for some things um, that you might want to, but then like it's not, you're not trying to necessarily orchestrate um, how people will remember you. But then if you are authentically yourself, people will be able to pick up on what it is that makes you tick. And I think that's what we're trying to express in life. That's what we're trying to show people, like, you know, this is this is what I'm about. Yeah. You know, and um that's what I mean, I'm always I'm always going back to this. Like, you know, you always have to come back to the place where you're saying, okay, well, 
what exactly is it? Because we will be remembered for something. And that's that's the that's the bottom line. We are writing our stories. And that's a set of events that are happening in a particular space of time, right? We're here for a finite amount of time and things are happening as they're going on. But our decisions that we're making can either mean that we get to a good place or we just completely fall off. Mm. Um, so I think order is very important because we have to remember that we are going to be remi- remembered for something. I don't think we need to orchestrate exactly what it is we'll be remembered for because we can't always control how people see us. And I remember talking about identity with a friend, actually. Yeah. And, you know, the simple question was, what does identity mean to you? If you want to see more of that, that's on my YouTube channel. But I was talking of that, like, you know, what does identity mean to you? And everyone has given a different answer. And his answer was particularly interesting. And I'll tell you why and relate it back to this. So his answer was basically saying, you know, looking at Jesus, who went, who said to, you know, to who the, his favorite disciple, Simon Peter, he says, who do you say, who, who do you think I am? Or who do you say I am? And then um, Simon Peter said, um, some some people say you're a prophet, some people you're saying this, but I say that you are the Messiah, right? So sometimes Peter could see, um, you know, what Jesus was trying to express. Through everything that Jesus was doing, he was showing people that he is the answer, that he has come, um, you know, for the reconciliation um, so that, you know, there'll be that connection back with God. So sometimes we need to understand that there needs to be that order but then the way that that order can be truly expressed is in our truest expression of ourselves because that is what we'll be remembered for so Mm -hmm. that's why order is important because we are one person so do me will be do me and i remember do me for his sickest beats like get me (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah it's very important to understand this and i think as 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 individuals we need to remember this okay now let's look at it this way actually i I think for those of you guys those of you guys who are not christians bear with us but this is just how it is basically Mm. look at the life of jesus christ everything we read about except for his birth happened in three years yes I'm going to let that sink in. I'm going to just let that sink in. Everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I'm, I, I was letting that sink in, wasn't I? But yeah, everything that Jesus Christ did in terms of from the time he started his ministry to the time he died, all of that happened between the age of 30 and 33. So it might not have even really been like a whole three years. It was like two and a half years, two years and some change. You know, that is order of the highest level. Mm. Like if you look at all the great people in history, like everything they did, all the crazy things that they did, they did in such a short space of time. Like Julius Caesar is known as the emperor that expanded Rome the most. And so Julius Caesar did all of that he died at 53 so he he did all of that in about 15 
16 years because he came he came to power in his 30s Mm. But he was, but he only stopped going to war about five years before he died. So he expanded Rome and like, you know, he did that in such a short space of time. What takes people lifetimes took this guy 10 years. What Jesus Christ changed the entire, the whole way that we look at religion, life, the the entire, like the the philosophy that the the Christianity isn't really Christianity, that it's like, basically, it's God's kingdom before he arrives. It's, it's mm. like, before he arrives, like, what people don't understand about Christians is that we are in a different, we are different, basically. It's just, it's not an us and them mindset. We're trying to get more people to join us in this endeavor, to be, you know, one, you know, in w- with us and also to serve God and to love mm. God and serve the neighbor, their neighbor, and and do right by everyone. But it's not an us and them mentality. It's nothing to do with race or creed or whatever. It's everything to do with imagine, right? The way it works, like if the way conquest worked, you know, two thousand years ago, like a kingdom would come in and kill as many people that it took to re- for the king in that place to surrender or to be dead, right? That's how it worked. But then God has been faithful and has been so uh, gracious that he actually wants us to get more people to join of their own free will. We're not forcing anyone to believe what we believe. But then the idea is Jesus Christ changed the way we look at the entire thing, the way we look at what we believe, the way we live our lives, the way we perceive people around us even that whole turn thy cheek when you get hit the Mm. world was built on revenge literally (laughs) it changed (laughs) the way we do things but that comes from focus and extreme order jesus christ Mm. was able to order his life and every step for three years and you know we cannot discount the fact that he was in constant conversation with god during the whole thing with you know with god the father and god the holy spirit and during the entire thing but then that is, you know, he knew where he was going next, basically, all the time. And the same goes for even Alexander the Great. He had plans. He executed those plans and died, unfortunately, of syphilis in Persia. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, that is the way the world works. It, it doesn't take as long as we think to get to a place of success or to get to a place that we want to be at, you know. Um, and embracing, you know, we said embracing chaos, you know, and not being angry with things we can't control is important. But in some way, being able to embrace the chaos is actually displaying order because now we're able to exactly. order our lives. We're able to say, okay, I'm not going to focus on the necessary things. If that's mm. the way other people want to live or do whatever they want to do, that's cool with them. You know, do what. Do what's good for you, boo-boo. Just do that. But then for me and everything that I know, you know, like I will do, uh, you know, what is within my forte, whatever I can get my hands on. I think the best example of this is in Joshua 1, 7, if I'm not wrong. He says that as for me and my family, we shall own oh, no. I think that's Joshua 6, 28 or 1, 28 or something. Basically, he says, 
as for me and my family, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. And that mm. was on the basis of an argument that happened. Like people were saying, oh, actually, no, you know, um, you guys believe in chariots. Some of these guys believe in this. Some people believe in this. But then he said that, okay, fine. You can believe whatever you want. Mind you, this is the leader of an entire nation. You know, mm. what is equivalent to uh, the president today in, in some respects. But he's saying that, okay, you guys can do whatever you want. But as for me and my house, we will serve God. And this, that's what we're going to do. So being able to let go of certain things is actually displaying order. Being able to, you know, be meticulous about your planning process in terms of what you do and how you live your life. That is order. However, mm-hmm. there's always a however. However, my question to you, Faith, is how do you teach that to someone who does not want, um, who does not inherently see the world that way? You know, like, for example, cancel culture is built on trying to stave away chaos. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to let someone believe what they believe. They want someone to feel the way I feel. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what cancel, cancel culture in today's day and age. Like, so someone said something racist and now we're going to cancel them. You know, someone said Mm. something racist 10 years ago or Mm. said something or said something, you know, um, what they will say, homophobic or said something that was against a a different group of people. And today that person has changed. They've seen, yeah, they've seen the light and now, you know, they have a better outlook on life. How do you, teach how do you teach against that way of life and what do you do if the person is so adamant about that yeah i really like that that's a very good question and of course your questions are very loaded and sweet. <laughs> oh <God. laughs> um oh, there's a lot on. and there was actually a thought that i had that i'll come back to and of course i'll i'll always be referring to the bible because you know, that's the basis of the way I think. Um, but if we're looking at this whole thing of a cancel culture, then are we giving ourselves room to grow? Are we giving ourselves room to be educated? Like, I think that's what we need to be thinking about. And, you know, sometimes someone can be set in their ways and that's what they're thinking and that's all they want to think about. And that's okay. You know, you can only present something to someone as I say, you can only take a horse to the water, but you can't make it drink. So I think it's a whole thing of presenting something to someone and whether or not they want to take it is up to them. That's why I never say to anyone, trust me, because anyone who tells you, trust me, you better know you can't trust them. Yeah, because if you can... uh-huh. yeah, I said that earlier in this episode. I said that earlier in this episode. If someone is someone that can be trusted that will be evident in the way that they do things. Um, So I think we need to be more forgiving. I think if we look at ourselves and see what we used to think and see what we used to view things as because of a lack of knowledge, because of ignorance, then that will allow us to see other people through that same lens, give them that same amount of grace. Because we have to be gracious to to each other. 
You know, we can't just be saying, okay, that's it. It's set in stone and that's it. And I'll go back to what I was, what I was actually thinking about before you asked me this question, which is a good depiction of that. Now, I'll just give a bit more of a premise. So Simon Peter, or sometimes is known as Peter, was maybe one of Jesus's favorite disciples. So Simon means unsteady and Peter means rock, right? So Simon Peter was being called Simon Peter or this Simon, Simon, Simon at different parts in the Bible. Then at that time when he was having this conversation, when Jesus asked him, who do you say I am? And he was able to perceive that Jesus was the Messiah. And Jesus came to earth to show that he was the Messiah. He didn't come and say, I am this, I am that. You know, he showed people and people were able to perceive that. People were able to respond that. He was there to fulfill prophecies that had, that had come. There were certain things that they, there were certain things that they were always observing within the Jewish culture, you know, of the different, of the different feasts and that sort of thing. They were observing those things, but Jesus came to fulfill the law, right? Mm-hmm. So, in Jesus coming to reveal himself, it was for the people who were seeing Jesus to be able to perceive that he was the Messiah because that's what they've been waiting for. So it also looks at, you know, someone's perception and seeing, okay, whether they, they are expectant to receive anything because you can't, you can't force anyone to take anything. And continuing with that story. So at one point he says, okay, I say that you're the Messiah. So what did Jesus said? He said, And that was when he called him Peter. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Because he could see that Peter was able to perceive that. Then the next thing, I've forgotten exactly what happened, but I think, um, you know, because Jesus had that one focus to say, okay, I'm starting here and I'm going to end there. I have to die and then, you know, then rise again from the dead so that there'll be that reconciliation. So Jesus knew that he was going to die. But what Mm -hmm. did Peter say? He says, you're the Messiah. And because you're the Messiah, you're so important. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. Right? So in in a nutshell, that's basically what he said. And what did Jesus say? Get thee behind me, Satan. Mm -hmm. Right? And the reason that I'm giving this, because, you know, he was called Simon, which is unstable. Then here he was called the rock. And then straight after being called the rock, he was told to... Get thee behind me, Satan. You know, that shows the, that, that shows the, that there's so much to be said there because there needs to be that level of wisdom. Like if we're going to be able to teach other people things, we need to be gracious, we need to be wise, and we need to always have our eyes on the prize. What is it that we are trying to teach and how is it that we are trying to teach it? Jesus was able to perceive that, okay, here the unsteady person now understands, but then because we are human beings, we are going back and forth, right? We sometimes do lack that focus. So because we lack that focus, we're not always able to get to that point where we're saying, okay, this is what I'm thinking about and this is it. So I think when we are understanding ourselves, for our own humanity, then we'll be more gracious to say, okay, maybe they didn't understand it then, or maybe they don't understand it now. And that's okay. Maybe they need a little bit more time and that's okay. So that's my short answer. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Um, Well, okay. To be, to be quite honest, I think it's, it's very important as, as as people for us to to be able to to differentiate, you know, the different things in life that matter, 
and mm. um pick your battles i really like that exactly pick your battles mm. is, is a line and i remember my cousins love to use that as a way of training me in terms of like growing into a man to say that look in life unfortunately you know some battles you will have to pick because you can't fight everyone and try and defend yourself in every case because mm-hmm. unfortunately regardless of what you think of yourself someone else thinks something different and regardless of however you view the world someone else perceives it differently mm-hmm. and so um you know that's why it comes we keep on coming back to this to say that look order and even um you know i had a thought when you were talking about like how when peter said oh i'm not going to let anything happen to you because you're the messiah so clearly he's been able to perceive that jesus christ is the messiah unfortunately he is standing in the way of the final mission it's like mm. you know i look at for example like you know let's say the mission that killed bin laden basically like my dad and i were watching this recently and basically they said that like any obstacles or contingencies they that they might have had they planned for but for the things that they couldn't plan for like weather and so on and so forth they couldn't do anything about so they just went mm-hmm. on with the mission as much as they could in the process they lost a helicopter and they you know they had a contingency for that in case one of the helicopters went down you know so that there no uh, trade or not trade but so that there are no military secrets or whatever they destroyed the you know the vehicle and so they you can plan and what we want you to understand you know for for listeners what what we want listeners to understand is that you can plan yes for contingencies you can plan for eventualities however if you let that mode of planning become you trying to fight off every eventuality in terms of things that even you don't control then mm. it becomes an obsession and instead of just being able to plan normally you become ocd about certain things and i use that term loosely but basically you become extremely co- like it says it's obsessive compulsive disorder So like mm. you become obsessive about the things that you plan against or you planning for or you're planning in contingency for. And so it's important to understand that yes order is extremely important and chaos is extremely important but yes the balance the so-called yin and yang <laughs> the balance is you know in human life is extremely important. That's the way we need to live. We need to live knowing that that balance is you know is going to be upheld at every point i think i'm just going to get final thoughts from you on order in terms of um how people view um the world today um it seems like the world there's too much that we can't control but there's you know obviously we talked about this before we started but there's like the 1% of the 1% that you know they control everything you know but the one thing they can't control is whether they live to see tomorrow and you know like their what they say most secret societies have been looking for is sort of the elixir to life so mm-hmm. to have you know eternal life without you know any consequences and so you know they've gone on into all sorts of things whether 
um, spiritual or technological to try and figure out if they can, you know, live forever. And unfortunately, that shows that, you know, it's not living an orderly life. But what do you feel? How do you feel someone can... Um, okay, basically, walk me through the steps, just, you know, maybe three or four steps to changing your life from an obsessive or um, sad life, you know, trying to figure out everything or whatever, uh, to an orderly life that is well-lived and happy and ready, you know, to be productive? Um, I think we need to move away from the whole thought of being reactive. Mm. And we need to look at the importance of readiness. And the reason that I'm starting from that point of view is, you know, someone who is ready is someone who is alert. You know, someone who is ready is someone who is not tired. Someone who is ready is someone who's had enough, um, you know, water to drink, who's had enough food. So all of these things are very important for us to be able to be operating at our optimum level. I forgot, you know, someone who's healthy. Health is your wealth. So for us to be ready to to work our optimum level when life comes and hits us and might throw us off balance, we need to make sure that we are in tune. We are in the now. And spiritually, we need to make sure that we are sound. Because when you think about it, the real thing that affects the rest of everything is what's going on up here. So you need to think to yourself, what am I feeding my mind? What am I surrounding myself with? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I prepared? Do I have a plan? Um, you can have a plan, you can have a contingency, or you can just say, okay, if that happens, then I'll think of something else. Am I solution focused or am I just focusing on the problem? There's a lot of questions that you can ask yourself, right? Yeah. And the reality is that there's a lot more to you than your ability to react when you're tired, when you're hungry, when you're sick, and when you are not, you know, functionally built up spiritually and you're not me mentally in a place where you can react properly. You know, life is happening and we are constantly responding. I don't want to use the word react because if you're talking about a reaction, I think react has more of like a negative connotation to it. But let's look at it to respond because I guess a response can be looked at more sort of from a considered point of view. You know, how much are we considering our day-to-day -day life? How much are we considered about our day-to-day -day choices? What are we doing right now to put us in a better, better position to make an appropriate decision? Because there's a decision to be made. It can be appropriate or it can be inappropriate, right? Mm. But are we in a place to be able to make that decision? The way I make decisions now is completely different to the way I used to make decisions five years ago, two years ago. And why is that? Because I have a wealth of knowledge. I have a wealth of experience. And I think we should, not, we should always also not just depend on ourselves for understanding life and what life has to come, but let us lean on the wisdom of others who've lived life, right? Who's live, who've lived through these seasons because it's not the first time. I'm not the first one to wear a black top, you know. <laughs> you know, it's not the first time that we are going through some of these things, given 
2020 is not the first time people got married, but it's the first time people probably got married on Zoom. It's the first time people did things in such a different way. Now people are walking around with masks on and, you know, that's, we're talking of that as the new normal. So let's understand the importance of wisdom, but let's also understand the importance of putting ourselves in a position that we are able to respond effectively and to be able to make appropriate decisions. Well said, well said. <laughs> right now, um, to be honest, 2020 has been such a chaotic and ordered year. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, yes. If you're able to perceive it, you see the order in it. Exactly. 2020 has been a year of a lot of firsts and a lot of different things. A lot of people are now reconsidering so many different things. Um, as I said before in a previous episode, I think I talked about marriage and that like people are reconsidering their marriages. Like uh, mm. people are spending time with their wives and realizing, oh, this is completely different to the person I thought I knew. Um, you know, people are starting to spend more time with family and, you know, we're starting to love and cherish and appreciate the people that are in our family. Like uh, I remember seeing on BBC, there was a family, uh, two sisters were able to reunite after not seeing each other for something like four months because of the virus and the shutdown in the UK. And so that's a big thing. That's, that's totally big because that allows people to feel, you know, very, very connected to their family now. People are now mm. able to be more connected and cherish and love the individuals. It's like, for example, people in long distance relationships tend to be very, very, they cherish their partner so much, especially when they're together because mm. they know how it feels to not be with that person. I mean, you know, you'll tell me how that is. <laughs> in a later episode. But in a later but, episode, but yeah. Yeah, I think one thing that I wanted just to say just before you do the whole signing out, and one thing that I was just observing as you were talking is the need for connection. Let's not forget we are social beings. We mm. are experiencing life. We are experiencing the chaos in life and we are looking at ways to respond. But then we also have to be connected and who or what you're connected to can determine the level of the appropriateness of your response. So our connections are also so, so important of vital importance. Who are we surrounding ourselves with? What are we doing to put ourselves in a position where we are making appropriate decisions? powerful stuff like we said even towards the end of this episode the truth is choose your friends wisely <laughs> it's, as if, it's as if that's what we were talking about the whole episode but no we've talked about the friends we've talked about friends in season one go and listen to it trust me trust me she said don't listen to people who say trust me but this time trust me listen to <laughs> season one okay trust to me i trust him <laughs> yeah basically we talk about the nature of how friendship works. And we even uh, talk about how friendships, they change how a person views the world and sees things and so on and so forth. So go and listen to that. And in, in, uh, if you like it, definitely. Uh, no, you will like it, trust me. 
when you listen to the episode, write to us, tell us what you like about the episode. We're going to put all our information in the description below and we're going to have so many things that we're going to talk about. We're hoping to build this community. We want you to feel as though you're learning every time you see one of these episodes. So definitely, we hope that you are blessed with what we've said. And if you have different views, definitely write. And, you know, we can start a conversation and maybe hopefully have you on there's layers to this to talk about it with us. So, yeah, that would be great. But that's from me, Dumi, and... I am Faith Rose. (laughs) Thank you so much for having us in this two-part episode. And we're out. Cue the music. Bye. And there you have it. Just like that, we have discussed chaos and we have discussed order. I hope that has left you with a place where you can make the decision whether chaos should be embraced or whether it's all about order and living life in an orderly existence and thinking about creating a legacy. It's interesting. I'll just speak some final thoughts. Earlier this week, I was listening to someone who was talking about the importance of looking at things in terms of decades and not in terms of years. So maybe the thought of leaving a legacy and the thought of really know what we're about is important. I think so. Anyway, I'll let you let us know what you think in the comment box. In the comment box below. I'd like to begin with a fact. Whether in a small town like McCallum, the Rio Grande, or in Chicago, New York, or Los Angeles, it is business. Big business.